reporter.com. And from listeners like you who donate at WJFFradio.org. Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for Friday, Patricio Robayo. In the second half of the show, we'll be talking to Christian Rouse, the Deputy Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for New York State Division of Veterans Services today on Veterans Day. Thank you to all who have served our country. We'll talk about how helping veterans how they are helping veterans get outdoors. And if you have Instagram, you want to see how the show is on video, I guess. Check us out on Instagram, streaming live now. In the second half of the show, we'll talk to Philip Pontuso. He's the managing editor. Well, actually, for first, we'll talk to Philip Pontuso because it's Friday on the local edition. And every other Friday, we check in with the Times Union, see what's going on in the Hudson Valley. And if you didn't know, we had an election this year, this week. It was on Tuesday. And Philip Fontuso is back to let us know about the election. This time we talk about the New York 17th Congressional District, where Democrat Sean Maloney lost to Mike Lolo, the Republican. Philip, welcome back to the program. Um, would you consider this sort of a, a, uh, an upset? Yeah, certainly an upset, although one that I think more and more people, um, if not were expecting, at least saw within the realm of possibility in the weeks leading up to the election. Um, this district is, it, it means democratic, but um, it had been moved into a toss-up by some election forecasters, including the Cook Political Report. And um, I think, you know, there are a number of reasons why uh, Maloney lost this race, which uh, we can certainly dig into now. Yeah, exactly. What does this mean for the Democrats? Uh, while there wasn't a giant red wave that some folks were expecting, but here locally, we had some seats flipped. We, I think we still need a little bit more information to really parse out um, what this means for Democrats across the state. But while the predicted red wave did not manifest nationally, there were certainly some red currents here in the Hudson Valley. Um, I think redistricting was a major issue here. The Democrats, when they um, redrew the, the Assembly and Senate and congressional lines earlier this year, they clearly overstepped their bounds um, and were determined to have gerrymandered those lines. And so the special master lines uh, were less favorable to them than they had anticipated or at least sought to enact. Um, I think Zeldin's strength at the top of the ticket helped Republicans down ballot. Um, you know, that this was, the, you know, the results aren't official yet, but it's looking like it's going to be the closest governor's race since 1994. Um, and in in NY17, 
um, think you had kind of an interesting situation, um, which in some ways mirrors what happened in New York 19 with Mark Molinaro and Josh Riley, where both of the Democratic candidates in those races um, faced a similar issue of having to introduce themselves to voters. Riley, of course, it was his first time running for elected office in New York, and he's lived in D.C. for most of his professional life. Maloney is a five-term congressman representing the lower Hudson Valley. But after redistricting, he decided to jump districts. So he's he served five terms representing NY18, and he decided to run in NY17 this year, um, partly because what he claims anyway is uh, because that's where he lives. He owns a home in Cold Spring, and Cold Spring is in the new 17th congressional district. But many people also saw it as somewhat opportunistic. Uh, it seemed like it might be an easier race. Um, but I guess the, the joke was on him a little bit. Um, so despite him, you know, despite him being a five-time incumbent, he was running in a district with large swaths of territory he had not previously represented. And he had to court a lot of new voters, including all of Rockland County, where Lawler, which or which Lawler represents in the state assembly. So I think that was a big thing kind of working against him. The uh, the Orthodox vote in the district went pretty strongly toward Lawler as well even though Maloney was endorsed by Orthodox leaders. But it's hard to say, I think, what it means for the Democrats overall, because it was a really sort of mixed bag. Um, Lawler ran a pretty aggressive campaign, hammering Maloney on a couple of issues, most notably his prior voice support for bail reform. Um, I think Maloney's sort of establishment bona fides probably worked against him here because midterms are often a referendum on the party in power, but, you know, it was a little less true than usual um, in this cycle. But in New York, I think there was a really big enthusiasm gap between Hochul and Zeldin at the top of the ticket. And, you know, we'll need to see what the numbers ultimately show, but I would guess that there was um, stronger turnout for Republicans vis-a-vis and, um, voter enrollment data than Democrats. And then conversely, you know, one district over in NY18, which has a very similar demographic makeup, or at least a very similar political lean. Pat Ryan, uh, another incumbent congressman like Maloney, held off a challenge from a state assemblyman in Colin Schmidt. And I think, you know, one conclusion you can draw from that is that Ryan, uh, having only served in Congress for about three months uh, just doesn't have as much baggage basically as Maloney. And I think is generally much more well-liked um, by voters in the region. Yeah. You know, he won the New York 19 congressional district and literally like a month afterwards campaigning for the New York 18 congressional district. One of the things that came here, came up in our reporting here in Sullivan County was there was some problems at polling places uh, I'll say Lock Sheldrake, Liberty, and I think some other places like that. It was a combination of a lot of people came out to vote. There were less poll workers there. And there were some instances of printer malfunctions at polling places. I believe they were doing some of the ballot printing locally. 
And that sort of caused lines to be out the door, some you know, leading into the parking lot. I'd say it was a combination of those three things. In your reporting, have you seen that in your districts that you cover? Um, I haven't seen anything like that, which isn't to say that, that nothing like that has happened. But as far as I know, any, any hangups uh, or any issues that people had at the polls were, were fairly minor. And no, certainly nobody's claiming that it affected the outcome in any way in any of the races that, that I'm monitoring anyway. So that's obviously good news. Um, <laughs> free and fair and smooth elections are, are something that we want. Well, I, I will note that um, in in Ulster County, which sits between two congressional districts, the voter turnout, especially for early early voting, was really high. Early voting um, statewide was actually down a little bit from uh, from 2020, but in Ulster County, uh, there was like record early voting turnout, and um, many people are saying that was probably people who just couldn't wait to get there. Uh, I voted spider sticker. <laughs> yes, yes. So that famous uh, uh, spider monster uh, that was, I think, even Jen Mesca dressed up like that uh, for Halloween, I believe. Uh, yeah, she did, uh, yes. The winner of the, <laughs> of the Ulster County. Yeah. And, and what we was noticing, like we hear nationally, that the, the Trump-supported Republican did not win big on election night. And I think sort of uh, that was true for here. We had the Republicans who did win are didn't really campaign sort of the with the Trump rhetoric, like uh, let's say for example like Lee Zeldin, the governor candidate, uh, like Z Del- Lee Zeldin did. We have Mark Marinello took over for New York nineteen. Didn't really go down the that that Trump Republican uh, rhetoric that we hear nationally. So I think that also had a factor in that these more moderate Republicans and conservatives won against the Democrats. Yeah, I think that's one of the real talking points that's emerging from uh, these midterms, especially nationally. Um, I was reading some some national reporters on Wednesday who were breaking down the outcome. And, you know, there were a lot of they were reporting a lot of Republican sources saying that they really have like a Trump problem now. And I think certainly um, you saw that reflected in New York. You, you mentioned Zeldin. Molinaro very clearly positions himself as not an, an extreme Republican. And in his victory speech, he touted his ability to work across party lines and said that he would do the same in Congress and that we really needed to, um, you know, find unity as a country. Um, Lawler, in his campaign for NY17, uh, sort of frequently decried uh, one party rule in, in New York state. And talked about the need, again, for collaboration between Republicans and Democrats. And despite Maloney's attempts to paint him as, quote unquote, MAGA Mike, I don't think that really stuck. And certainly Lawler, when we interviewed him for our, our, our preview of this race a month or so ago, he, he pushed back on that pretty hard, acknowledged that like Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election, for example, which is not a common thing that many diehard Trump Republicans are saying. And then conversely, the Republican who lost in the Hudson Valley congressional races, Colin Schmidt, while I wouldn't say he's like a dyed-in-the-wool Trump Republican, I think he's certainly further to the right than Lawler and Molinero. He, um, I guess, rather notoriously gave a speech in Orange County to a group of, um, of Trump 
diehards who uh, traveled down to Congress on January 6th during the Capitol insurrection. And so I think he was probably a little more closely associated with with Trump, certainly, than uh, Molinero and Lawler were. Now, just going back on the 17th, uh, I know it's too early to tell exactly what's going to happen with the Democrats as far as the uh, the House goes, but Sean Maloney was the Democratic uh, chair of the of the New York uh, House. Is that correct? He, well, he was the chair. He's the Democratic Campaign Congressional Committee chair. Um, so what he does is he is in charge of the House Democrats spending on um, campaigning and, well, really just campaigning and fundraising. So it was really his decision. Listeners may remember a fairly controversial political ploy during the primaries where Democrats spent in Republican primary races uh, to boost more extremist candidates with the idea or the thought that those candidates would be more vulnerable in a general election against Democrats. Um, Maloney defended that um, all summer in, in an interview with the Times Union when we previewed that race. Um, and it doesn't really seem to have necessarily hurt him. But yeah, he, he's, he's, he controls uh, how the House Democrats spend on campaigning and races. Now that he's not in Congress, I'm assuming he would have to step down from that position. Yeah, he'll, he, he will, you, you need to be a member of Congress to fill that position at the House committee. Um, so, you know, we'll just, it, it will remain to be seen who takes over that role. It won't be until the, the new, the next Congress is sworn in in, in the new year. Has uh, Maloney said anything? What's, uh, his uh, future plans? Now that, like I said, I'm looking at the numbers here. He narrowly lost, uh, to the Republican. Any future plans from Sean Maloney? He hasn't said anything publicly about that. He did give a concession speech yesterday as we're speaking on, on Wednesday morning. Said, uh, quote that he's going to step aside. He had a good run. Um, he kind of made remarks indicating he wants to spend time, a little more time with his family. He's married and has three kids. And so I think he'll probably take it easy for a little while. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run for office again in the future. And he certainly likes the spotlight. So I think we'll probably see him as a pundit or otherwise kind of in, in, in back in the public sphere before too long. Uh, Philip, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on? Do you want our listeners to know about uh, this election or anything that's going on in the Times Union? Um, I think we've mostly covered it. We're going to, in, in, in the days and weeks to come, we'll be publishing a few follows on the results, basically trying to analyze what happened here and what it means for both parties going forward. And especially here in New York State, we'll be looking at what the new makeup of the state legislature might accomplish in the next legislative session that opens in January. So follow us there at timesunion.com. Timesunion.com. Great source. Uh, we were using that uh, page uh, during election night coverage on, on election night. Uh, so it was great to go back to it and, and just sort of refresh our ourselves on the races. So you guys did a great job there keeping track of all the elections. So Thank you. It was a very late night. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> was. So, uh, Philip, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition, letting us know what's happening in the Times Union and what's happening in this particular race for the New York 17. We will talk to you again in two weeks. Thank you so much. Take care.
Thank you so much, Philip, for that. Giving us an election update. It's Friday on the local edition. And it's Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all who have served this country. Coming up for Veterans Day, we'll be talking to Kristen Rouse, the Deputy Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the New York State Division of Veterans Services. Talk about how Veterans Services are helping veterans get outdoors and the benefits of that. It's the local edition on a Friday. I'm your host, Patricia Robile. Don't forget, we're on Instagram. Hello, Instagram. Instagram Live, check us out. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hey, it's Francis Lamb, host of The Splendid Table, and this week we've got a whole bunch of secretly simple desserts. From how to hack cake mixes to the most silky panna cotta to a phenomenal burnt basque cheesecake we've got bakers and award-winning chefs with their favorite easy sweets that's coming up on the splendid table from apm the splendid table sunday morning at 11 on radio catskill welcome back to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patrice Robayo, here on a Friday. Today is Veterans Day, a day where we honor those who have served in our country's armed forces. And tonight we'll be discussing a new partnership between the Sierra Club and New York State Division of Veterans Services. This partnership makes it easier for veterans healing from service-related trauma by accessing the New York public lands and waters and giving them a chance to participate in in outdoor activities. These activities have been linked to reductions in depression and anxiety among veterans. And on the phone with us now is Kristen Rouse, the Deputy Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for New York State Division of Veteran Services. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the program. Um, Before we get to talk about this uh, partnership. I'm interested in your position with the Veteran Services. You are the uh, Deputy Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. Um, can you tell us more about exactly what that position entails? First, I'm an Army veteran myself. Uh, I, I served tours in Afghanistan. And uh, and so as a veteran myself, as, uh, as somebody who has been uh, a minority population, uh, as a woman in the military, and also as uh, an LGBTQ identifying person in the military, I definitely understand that, uh, that many of our veterans may not want to identify as veterans or may not feel included in veteran spaces, or they may feel that veteran services may not be suited for them. Uh, what my role uh, at New York State DVS, uh, Division of Veteran Services, is to make sure that uh, that we are reaching out to and finding and serving 
veterans who have been uh, traditionally underserved, uh, veterans who may not have felt included or welcome uh, in in many veteran spaces uh, over over recent years or in past generations. Uh, we want to make sure that every person who has ever served in the military and their family members uh, are welcome uh, to access services with our agency and uh, and, and that they know that their service is valued, that, that their service and that their, their family's service as well is valued and that we want to ensure that they have access to the benefits and services that they have rightfully earned through the military. And, that's, and that is regardless of gender, regardless of their, uh, their identity, regardless of their uh, racial, ethnic, national origin, religion, like this is all inclusive, everybody who has served. Uh, even if, if something happens during the course of their service and they were discharged uh, under an adverse discharge status, we want to talk to them, too, because we have a program called Restoration of Honor uh, that acknowledges uh, past wrongs that have been done uh, within our military um, to, to put people out uh, for, for reasons that were unjust. And so we want to make sure that we talk with them, too. And Kristen, thank you so much for your service serving our country the way you did. This partnership between the Sierra Club, this grassroots environmental organization, and the New York State Division of Veterans Services, this partnership looks to aid with service-related trauma. Can you tell us more about how this partnership came to be and how it can help veterans? Absolutely, and and thank you for focusing on this. Uh, so we've seen research in these last few years showing that spending time in nature uh, has has tangible positive effects on veterans' uh, physical and mental well-being. Uh, this is in addition to uh, to other kind of therapies and 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 treatments, but just just to get outside and to connect uh, with nature uh, is such an important part of uh, maybe reintegrating and back into civilian life uh, to feel part of a group uh, to feel, to feel more connected with family to feel more connected with uh, with the place where you live or the the state that you live in. Uh, and so, so as this research has really come forward and, uh, and more, more and more programs have been, have been seeing these positive, these overwhelmingly positive effects, uh, for, for veterans and, and military connected communities to include families. We, we want to make sure that, um, that we're, that we're looking into this and that we are, uh, we are advocating for this as a way to improve our community. Uh, New York State has more than 4 million acres of, of, of wonderful, rich public lands uh, and waterways. And, uh, and so in these last couple of years, thanks to uh, some legislation passed by our New York State legislature, uh, we have formed this Outdoor Rx coalition to, uh, to, to study and then to work towards uh, making sure that every veteran and, and family member are able to access the healing properties of, uh, of, of outdoor activity, outdoor recreation, uh, and, and these therapeutic programs that are developing and growing across our state. Uh, so we, uh, we at the Outdoor Rx Coalition, um, the Division of Veteran Services, we are partnered with, uh, with great folks at, uh, the Sierra Club Military Outdoors who are really leading on this, uh, to talk about the barriers, uh, to veterans getting out into our, uh, our New York State public lands and, and looking for ways that, that we can, that we can make this happen, that we can, uh, no matter where you live, no matter what your, 
uh, what any any of your physical or uh, or mental limitations might be, uh, that you can get out and access the healing properties of our wonderful New York State Public Land. And the Outdoor RX Coalition, can we talk more about that? What exactly is this coalition all about? Yeah, so the Outdoor RX Coalition, as it is right now, like we, we launched this a few months ago, and we, we just launched a, a website that, uh, that we invite everybody to go to at OutdoorRxCoalition.org. This is for New York State. And again, this is, this is our uh, Division of Veterans Services partnership with Sierra Club Military, Military Outdoors. We've been leading conversations with stakeholders, with, uh, with, with uh, leaders of veterans organizations, leaders of recreational organizations, uh, folks in our uh, New York State uh, Parks Department and DEC, and really continuing the work of talking about how we can foster programs, how we can, uh, how we, how we can think about and solve problems uh, to, to get uh, and provide information to get veterans uh, connected with the various programs across our state uh, to get veterans and their family members out into our New York State public lands. So again, uh, the website, which we just launched, is at OutdoorRxCoalition.org. Uh, there's a ton of information on there. If you're a veteran who uh, who wants to get outdoors, re- regardless of, of whether it's part of your therapeutic program or not, um, if you're a veteran or family member who wants to get outdoors, we invite you to come visit our website. There's resources there for you and ways to get connected. If you are involved in an organization, whether you serve veterans, whether your organization serves veterans or whether you are a recreational program that would like to be more inclusive of veterans of any kind. Like, so we invite you also to go to OutdoorRxCoalition.org. Uh, there's a way, there's ways to get more information and get connected there. And if, if you're a person who just wants to support, please, uh, please go as well. Uh, tell your friends about us. Tell any military connected folks about us. Uh, and help sh- share the word uh, that that this is something that uh, that we really want to see uh, grow and expand and become a, 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 a robust part of our veterans community. If you are connected with with veterans or the military, uh, we want you to be thinking about wow, there's great outdoor programs. Like that's that's the goal that we're we're trying we're trying to reach is for people to be thinking about community and 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 uh, activities and uh, wonderful recreation and connectivity with our state and our, our public lands and waterways and uh, and and really building a, a, a wonderful uh, culture of, uh, of positive physical and mental well-being for uh, all of our military and veteran communities across the state Right, absolutely, and you know, and New York State is such a beautiful state. The natural resources that we have, the hiking trails, the outdoors, the rivers and the lakes, it's just, it's just a perfect uh, backdrop for this. And so, so you're saying the OutdoorRxCoalition.org is the best way for a veteran to find out more information? Yes. So the so on the website, they'll, you'll find information for uh, whether you're an organization, whether you're a veteran. Uh, and, and see a little bit more about what we're doing. And also there's a contact form on there. And so, uh, so you can, uh, n- no matter whether you're a veteran yourself or an organization or an interested member of the public, you can sign up there and follow along with what we're, what we're doing with the Outdoor RX Coalition and get information and, and stay tuned with, uh, with the wonderful growth, uh, that is going to be happening in, in the upcoming months and years. Um, this is, you know, this is, this is a new initiative, but it's going to represent tremendous growth and 
I hope that everybody will want to be part of it, um, whether you're involved directly or supporting it or sharing the word about it. Uh, Kristen, before we go, is there anything else that we have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? Well, I just want to say to uh, everyone who has served in the military, uh, every family member of, of a military member, thank you for your service. Thank you for all that you add to our state and our nation. And happy Veterans Day. Um, it would be our honor to serve you. If, if you uh, have any questions about uh, state or federal benefits for veterans, or if you need help with filing a, a claim for your VA benefits, um, please uh, look us up. The New York State Division of Veterans Services at veterans.ny.gov. It would be our honor to serve you. We were talking to Kristen Rouse, the Deputy Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, about the partnership between the Sierra Club and the Veterans Services, make it easier for veterans healing from service-related trauma to access our natural resources here in New York. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And that does it for the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be talking to Sullivan County about what's going on. And we'll be checking in with the Sullivan County Democrat about the news. If you ever miss a show, we have a podcast. Hello, Instagram. Shout out to Quizbombo on Instagram. We have a podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF Radio. Local edition. Subscribe, share it, and tell your friends. We'll find us on social media. We're at WJFFRadio.org. WJFF Radio Casco. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok. We post every day, 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. So who's on the show? Visit our website, WJFFRadio.org slash the local edition. I'll give it to you one more time. WJFF.org slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, past guests, and listen to the show. You've been listening to the local edition on a Friday. I've been your host, Patricia Robile. Have a good night, Lucy. Have a safe weekend out there. Happy Veterans Day. Coming up next to you in the next day.